Good morning and uh, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Al. I'm one of the pastors here at Gateway. Um, we are trying something different this morning. We're preaching live from the building, uh, whereas we've been kind of recording the messages. So, um, you know, and all the technology seems to be with us today, which is just great. So if you've been uh, with us over kind of the last few months, you'll know that we've been tracking through the book of Exodus. And today we're coming to the end of this series through Exodus. And what an amazing journey it's been. As we open the book of Exodus, we see God's people are in slavery and oppression in Egypt. And, and God's people are crying out, saying, God, won't you come and set us free from slavery and oppression? And God hears their cries, and he raises up uh, this man, Moses, who goes to Pharaoh and says, let God's people go. But you'll know the story that Pharaoh refuses to let God's people go. And so there's this dramatic showdown between God and Pharaoh, who's the ruler of Egypt. And they are finally set free after the 10 plagues, and they miraculously cross over the Red Sea and into new life. And if that was the end of the story, that would be amazing enough. But God has so much more for them. He doesn't just save them from slavery and oppression, but he saves them for purpose. And that's the whole of the second half of Exodus, really. He saves them for worship and for communion with God and for relationship with him and to display the goodness of God to the nations of the world. You see, God delivers them out of the hand of Pharaoh so that they might delight in serving a new master, God himself. And salvation is so much more than just about being rescued. It's about being catapulted into a new life of delight in serving a new master. And so God calls and commissions his people in this special covenant relationship. He calls them a kingdom of priests to go and display God to the nations of the world. He sets these rules for them and says, this is how this covenant is to be guarded over. And then the last bit of Exodus, he commissions them to build this tent called a tabernacle. And it is in this tabernacle where the very presence of a holy and majestic and glorious God will dwell in the midst of a hard-hearted and rebellious people. And so today we arrive in chapter 40 as the tabernacle is completed and finally constructed. But as we've said all along, the Exodus story is central to the storyline of Scripture. It is central to the gospel. The Exodus story is not a history lesson, but is in fact the story that is echoed right the way over and over and over again in Scripture. And understanding the Exodus story is key to understanding what God is doing in you and I and the church through the person of Jesus Christ. And what happens in Exodus 40, as we will see today, is the repeated pattern of Scripture from Eden in Genesis to Revelation that God's heart is to come and dwell with his people and fill the earth with his glory. And despite the tragedy of Eden where, where sin and shame and rebellion against God causes separation between man and the presence of God, the storyline of Scripture is one of God, work, of God restoring all things to himself and restoring his presence with his people and filling the whole earth with the glory of God. And what we're going to read today in Exodus 40 is in fact our story, but it's only a shadow of the reality that we are living in today that is being written through God's people, the church. Let's read Exodus chapter 40, 
verses 33 to 38. You can read a bit about that before this, Moses basically constructs the tabernacle in accordance with how God has commanded him to, and he consecrates it, and he sets everything apart as holy. And then we read this in verse 33. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out till the day that it was. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So here we have it, Exodus chapter 40. Moses finishes the temple, and immediately the glory of God fills the tabernacle. Immediately, the presence of God comes and fills this tent which they have built as the place of worship. The clouds and the fire signify the presence of God. The glory of the Lord is the manifestation of the presence of God with them. An Exodus story ends with this glorious presence of God, Yahweh, in their midst. Despite their grumblings in Exodus 16 in the wilderness, despite their rebellion in Exodus 32, you remember of the golden calf, they complete the tabernacle and the glory of God descends and fills the tent and fills his house. God is holy and awesome and victorious and majestic and powerful And like no other, he's from beginning to end, the Alpha and the Omega, our healer, our redeemer, our rock, our refuge. And he comes and he dwells in the midst of his people despite all their rebellion. Just think about this. The God of the universe who flung the stars into space comes and dwells among his people in this moment. This is their Pentecost moment when the glory of God fills the tabernacle and he confirms his presence with them by coming and descending upon the tabernacle. Just for a moment, just picture being there. And they've invested their time and their talent and their treasure into the construction of this tent And suddenly the glory of the one who created all things, the glory of the one who rescued them from Egypt, the glory of the one who miraculously helped them to cross the Red Sea, the glory of the one who encountered them on the mountain top, the glory of the one who, who said, you are to be my treasured possession, comes and fills this tabernacle in a glorious way and in a glorious moment. What an amazing moment to have been there as the people of God. No wonder Moses is eager to run in, but he can't. But he can't go in. And as amazing as this moment is, in the story of God, this is merely a signpost to something greater that is yet to come. 
God's glory and his presence was never meant to be confined to a tent. It's intended to fill the whole earth. Even when King Solomon builds this glorious temple uh, that he builds in one kings, you could read about that, hundreds of years later, and God's glory fills it in quite a powerful and astounding way. He writes this, Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. And right the way through the Old Testament, as we go ahead, we see the prophets looking forward to a day where the glory of God and his presence would not just fill a place, but a people. Where the glory of God is going to come in greater measure. The prophet Haggai says that the glory of the future temple is going to be much greater than Solomon's temple. They're looking ahead to a day when something greater is going to happen. But as we close the Old Testament, there remains a sense of incompleteness. There remains a sense of anticipation and expectation. How is this going to come to pass? What does this look like? What does this greater glory look like? And we turn the first pages almost of the New Testament and we read that this something turns out to be a someone, the person of Jesus Christ, who is the greater glory. The word of God, Jesus Christ, John writes, came to dwell among us. He comes in flesh and lives on earth in human form. And as John he actually writes, he came to tabernacle with us. He came to be the presence of God with us. The perfect, spotless lamb of God perfectly fulfills all the Old Testament requirements of the law. He sheds his blood on the cross in a once and for all time sacrifice, paying the price once and for all time. Never again, there needs to be another sacrifice. He pays the price for sin and shame and rebellion, and he gloriously rises three days later so that all who are in him will, be, will have new life now and into eternity. He defeated the great enemy of death. He is the greater glory. The greater glory is not a new tabernacle or a new temple. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And in the story of Exodus, Moses is like a picture of Jesus to come, if you like. He's like a foreshadow of Jesus. And we read in verse 33 in Exodus 40 that Moses finishes the work he accomplishes the work that God had called him to do in the completion of the tabernacle. And immediately, the glory of the Lord descends upon the tabernacle. Just like Moses, Jesus finished the work at the cross. On the cross, he cries out, it is finished. Jesus accomplished all that he had come to do. And just like the glory of the Lord fell in the tabernacle, 50 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, we read these words in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they, the believers, were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This 
marks the turning moment where the presence of God will no longer dwell in a place, but in a people. From now on, the presence of God will not be confined to a tabernacle or a temple, but in the new community that God has established, this new kingdom people called the church, made up of men and women, young and old, rich and poor, from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation, who are now declared temples of the Holy Spirit, in whom the presence of God dwells to make known the glory of the Lord to the nations of the world, until Jesus Christ returns to make all things new and fills the whole cosmos with his glory and his presence. If you are watching this and you are a follower of Jesus, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are now the new tabernacle, the new temple, the presence of God on earth, the presence of God in us to represent God to the nations of the world. Everything we read about in Exodus chapter 40 is a shadow of the reality for us now. In Exodus, they have this massive tent they have to take down and put back up every single time that they are on the move for the presence of God to be with them. They have this whole sacrificial system that has to be enacted to access the power and presence of God. And even then, it's through priests acting on their behalf. Fast forward that to now. Because of Jesus, you have the spirit of the living God dwelling in you. Jesus has paid the sacrifice once for all time. So the power and the presence of God dwells in you and I for the glory of God and the good of the nations. Amen. I wonder if we realize the enormity and the privilege that we're temples of God carriers of his presence. I wonder if we read Exodus chapter 40 and we marvel at it and think, I wish I could have been there. Or if we, if we read 1 Kings 8 when the temple is consecrated and the glory and thinks, I wonder if we could be there. I would love to have been there. We marvel at what was, that was like, but then we don't grasp the reality of our position now. Ransomed and redeemed people through the person of Jesus Christ, declared not guilty, all our shame removed, access to the very holy of holies, and filled with the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. Temples of God. Temples of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if we live with that kind of expectation and understanding in our own lives, in our households, in our times together as a church, as we gather, and even as we've been talking this week about what it means to regather in person as a church, we're not trying to go back to what we had before. We're wanting to believe for a new culture as we gather of one of expectation of the power and the presence of God afresh with us, that we will come and to expect to encounter and enjoy his presence with us. But as Colin said on Thursday in one of his videos, we don't have to wait until we're gathered in person. We don't have to come to the tabernacle or the temple or a church building. But right now, 
wherever we are, wherever you are watching this, you are a carrier of the presence of God. And God wants to come and meet with you afresh today and fill you once again with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that um, right now, wherever you're watching, whether you're watching this live or on catch-up, we're just going to have some time where we're going to try and we're just going to minister in this moment of being online, recognizing that we're not in person, but God's presence is with you right now in your home. As you're watching this, the presence of God is with you and in you. Even in this strange moment where we are separated from one another, the presence of the Most High God, holy and awesome and magnificent, dwells within you. And as we look ahead to this new era that we're living with, and we wanted to say, God, when you take us... Uh, increasingly to become a mobilized people who go and seek the kingdom of God wherever we are, we know it needs to be fueled by the presence of God. So we're just going to spend some moments together just praying and being before God. Ant's just going to play just in the background. Wherever you are right now, I recognize if you're watching with children in your household, it might not be the most peaceful environment. But hey, God wants to meet with your children right now. I really believe that in this new era, God wants to speak afresh to our children. Kids, if you are listening to this right now, I pray, maybe you just want to shut your eyes as well and be in the presence of God. Jesus loves children and he loves you kids and he, he wants to come and encounter you right now. And so in your household, whether you're watching on your own, whether you're watching with another household or whether you're just with your own household. Right now, just why don't you just pause and just close your eyes. I recognize with online church, it can be hard to switch from watching to worshiping in that way, but why don't where you are, just close your eyes, hold out your hands. invitation of scripture over and over and over again is simply come that's always the invitation of Jesus even if you're watching this morning you don't know him he says come to me come to me all you who are weary come to me all you who are heavy laden come to me come to me and I will give you rivers of living water come to me those who are thirsty I will satisfy you, says the Lord. Just be before the Lord right now.
just allow God to speak to you and minister to you and just why don't you just simply say come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit fall afresh on us pray for children who are watching this right now fall afresh on them kids why don't you too just say come Holy Spirit into my life come Holy Spirit the God who knit all things together in creation chosen to come and dwell in us in all of our brokenness in all of our weakness in all of our hard heartedness the God who flung the stars into space comes and dwells in you and I what a privilege come Holy Spirit don't have to wait on God because he's already with us we're not waiting for something to happen we're just confirming something that's already happening that God comes that God's within you and he says today I want to fill you afresh not because you're a leaky sieve because I want my goodness and life and an abundant peace to come and be with you today to equip you we're not waiting for God he's already with us Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age, declares Jesus. You minister to us now, Holy Spirit minister to us right now Holy Spirit come and fill us afresh if anyone is thirsty let him keep coming and keep drinking and rivers of living water will flow 
pray that over us right now. Rivers of living water will flow for your glory and the good of this town and the good of the nations. Thank you, Jesus, that you finished the work. And because of that, Lord, your spirit now rests not in a temple, but in us, the new temple. I just feel like God wants just to remind us of something from Psalm 16. I felt this earlier in the week when I was preparing. Psalm 16 says this, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence God there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore do you know these days that we're living in are hard they're, they're days of there is a sense of loss there's a sense of being distant and even the announcement this week by the government it comes and it, it only serves to exacerbate that sense of ah oh, this is a hard moment but these words of the psalmist, in your presence, God, there's fullness of joy. And I want to release and pray for a release of joy over your church in these days, Lord, in your presence. That one of the markers of, of the presence of God just being with us and filling us over and over again will be fullness of joy. Joy isn't an absence of pain or sorrow. Joy is the presence of God in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our questions and our doubts. And I want to pray over each person watching this right now that in your presence in this moment, there will be fullness of joy. I pray release joy upon us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just a fresh joy to face the days that we're living in, to know the goodness of God in our lives. In his presence, church, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Why don't you just declare that where you are watching right now? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. I pray that you would know that right now in his presence there is fullness of joy we carry a different message and hope to the world around us one of joy and of certainty and of confidence and of hope that Jesus Christ is sovereign that he paid the price once and for all time and he's coming back again to make all things new to redeem and to restore all things unto himself and that's our hope always that's our hope in the midst of uncertainty and I pray as we uh, close our gathered our gathered time together Lord I pray that we would go as those who are full of your Holy Spirit those who would go and live as new temples of God in our workplaces, in our families, in our communities, and in every place that we find ourselves this week, that we would go as new temples of the living God, ransomed, redeemed, 
set free, made whole, declared not guilty, shame removed, filled with your presence for the glory of God, the good of this town, and the good of the nations. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, just want to pray that you would be blessed this week. Thank you so much for just being with us and tuning in. You know, just because we're closing this time together doesn't mean you know anything shifts. Why don't you just be in God's presence now or sometime this afternoon or later this evening. Find some time this week just to say, God, come and help me to just be in your presence, to be filled once again with the power of your Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. Please do check out, as I said, the video, uh, Colin said, the videos that we produced this week, just about kind of where we're at, what we're living with, what's coming up next. And take care, and we look forward to seeing you guys very soon. Much love, and have a great day.